Exodus 14, 15. And it says, then the Lord said to Moses, why are you crying out to me? Tell the sons of Israel to go forward. Tell the sons of Israel to go forward. Now, as many of you know, the last few weeks we've been talking about faith and the importance of faith. And this morning we're going to be talking about the necessity of faith. And I've mentioned several times, each week I've mentioned that many times Christians, believers, we think as faith is something that we do one time when we ask Christ to come into our heart and forgive us of our sins and we become a child of God. And of course, we all know that faith is a very important part of that. Uh, it's by grace and faith, so if we don't have, we have to have faith to do that. But a lot of times we think that that's where it stops, and a lot of times even, and I've even, I really have to catch myself on this, as I get older and I serve the Lord time after time and year after year, if, I, if, I, if I'm not careful, I start playing it safe. I start playing it by my mind instead of by, by God's Word. And, and, uh, and, but see, that's what faith is. Faith is whenever we allow God's Word and God's will to guide our life even when we don't understand it. Does that make sense? When we allow His Word to direct us and guide us and base our decisions on His Word even when our mind says something else. According to God's Word, the Bible says that our faith should not stop there. In fact, uh, Romans 1.17 says, it says, this good news tells us how God makes us right in His sight. This is accomplished from start to finish by faith. Start to finish by faith. Sometimes we think we get to a place in life that we don't, we shouldn't extend our faith anymore. Or I don't know if we actually make a conscious effort not to extend our faith. I think sometimes we just get comfortable. Is there anybody comfortable here this morning? Shut the air off, guys. Shut the air conditioner off. We do, don't we? We get comfortable in our faith. You know, we have, we got nice homes, we got nice cars, we got nice churches, we got nice schools. I mean, we, we get very comfortable. But see, God doesn't want us to get comfortable because if you look around you, everywhere you look, and I will say, yeah, basically everywhere you look is a world that's falling apart. There are lives around you, and it doesn't matter if I look at the high school kids or the older people, where, no matter where it is, there are individuals that need what you have. They need to see the love of God in you. There are individuals in your life that have given up, completely given up on God. There are people in your life that have completely given up on humanity. And you might be their only link between doom and gloom and a loving God. And the only way that you will be able to change anything in their life is if you share and, and show your faith to them. Amen. Amen. It's true. Now, in Exodus, we're in Exodus 14, 15. If you've got your Bible, go ahead and turn to Exodus 2. Exodus 2. We're going to be here for a while. We're going to go through. I'm going to give you the short version this morning. And everybody said, amen. amen. Don't you just love the short version? <laughs> just don't. Exodus 2, 23 and 24. 
we're going to look at that. But before, we, before I start reading here, I want to kind of set this up for you. Okay, the, the, what we're going to look at this morning is the story where, where God's chosen people, the, the children of Israel, they were in bondage to the Egyptians. And they had to make bricks and they had to work hard labor. All right, they was in bondage. So God tapped Moses on the shoulder, a man named Moses. He tapped him on the shoulder and he said, I want you to go and deliver my people out of Israel. So, so finally, we'll get into it here in just a minute. So finally, I'm just giving you the short version now. So Moses had problems with that. He wasn't sure about that. So finally, Moses agreed and he went and he led them out. And as they led them out, they was almost out of Egypt. They was almost out of bondage until they come to a body of water that was called the Red Sea. All right? So they was almost out of slavery. They was almost out of bondage, but there was a sea in front of them. All right? Okay, let's go ahead and look at 2.23 now. It says, some of you think... No, that's not what it says at all. (laughs) Forgive me. (laughs) Exodus 2.23 and 24. Oh, I should have went. I should have went four-wheeler riding today. (laughs) It says, now it came about in the course of many days that the kingdom of Egypt had died and the sons of Israel sighed because of the bondage and they cried out. And their cry for help because of the bondage arose to God and God heard their groans. Now just just real quick, I just want to stop and tell you this morning before we go very far. If you are in bondage today, if you If you have sins upon you or if you have affliction upon you, if you will cry out to God, God will hear you, all right? If you you don't know who Jesus Christ is, if you don't know him as your Lord and Savior, if you will cry out to him, he will raise you up. And what the book of Ephesians says, he will take you from being a child of judgment, a child of wrath, and he will turn you in and make you a child of blessings and a child of his. Amen? Amen. So see, the children of Israel, they had been in bondage for 430 years, and they was crying out to God. They were praying. Grandmas and grandpas, moms and dads, it makes a difference when you pray for your young people. Amen. It makes a difference. We need to pray for them because God hears our prayers. We're going to fast forward to Exodus 3, 8. So God heard their prayers, and then, and then God tells us here in 3.8, and he says, uh, so I have come down to deliver them from the power of the Egyptians. So God heard their prayers, so he said, okay, I'll come down and, and I'll deliver them. You know what? I mean, that we're always praying for God to do something, right? We're always praying, you know, God, open their heart. God, you know, strike them dead. God, do something, Right? Aren't we? All, well, we should be if we're not. But notice what he says in verse 8. He says, so I have come down to deliver them from the power of the Egyptians. In other words, he's come down to deliver them from bondage. Was anybody here ever in bondage before? Yes. 
Who delivered you? The same God that delivered them, right? The same God. He's still at that business. He's still at the same business as he was all those years ago. He says, I have come down to deliver them from the power of the Egyptians. He come down to deliver them from bondage and slavery. Now notice what he come down to do. To bring them to a land to his good and spacious land. A land that's flowing with milk and honey. And it's no different today. God wants to take you out of that bondage, wherever you are, whatever it is. He wants to take you out of that bondage and he wants to take you to a better place. No different then than it is today. Now, now keep in mind it says that God came down to deliver them, right? Now look at, look at verse 10 with me, Exodus 3.10. And this is where God calls Moses. He taps him on the shoulder and he says, Therefore, come now and I will send you to Pharaoh. In other words, he's saying, he tapped Moses on the shoulder, and he says, now come on, Moses, I have come down. Now you go and talk to Pharaoh. Has God ever tapped you on the shoulder? And God said, and God said hey, go, go talk to so-and-so. Go share with so-and-so. Now, the scripture right here in verse 8, it says that God has come down. But you know, when he came down, you know what he does? He talks to men. And he puts men to work. When God shows up, he puts men to work. Raise your hand. Put your hand down. Stand up. Sit down. Simon said, no. <laughs> I was afraid you was about to sleep, and I thought that Simon said would do it. So it's important for us to understand the necessity of faith is to follow God when he speaks to us. You see, God's not going to show up he don't have to do that no more. Okay, listen, listen to this. Okay, God's not going to show up at, in a pillar of fire to lead you. He does not have to do that. I'm going to go over here. God does not have to show up with a pillar of fire anymore to lead you. You know why? Because you've got the Holy Spirit inside of you. You've got something better than a pillar of fire. You've got the Holy Ghost inside of you. And he will lead you and guide you in, in, in the blessings of God. Amen. So, if you have an individual in your life, someone you work with or whoever it may be, and God has put it on your heart to pray for them, and I certainly hope that happens. That's probably God putting a burden on you so that you will step out and go and share something with them or go and love them just do something where they can see the love of God inside of you does that make sense yes. amen amen drop on down to verse 11 now how many how many of you have thought this before God taps Moses on the shoulder but Moses said to God who am I that I should go you ever thought that? When God wants you to do something, when he wants you to teach Sunday school, when he wants you to, you know, to, to sing a song or sing a special, or he wants you to witness to somebody, or he, if he wants you to give your testimony, have you ever said, whoa, who am I? I have. God tapped me on the shoulder to preach his word. I didn't know. No way. And then I had, just like Moses, I had this whole list 
of reasons why I am not the one. Well, you don't laugh at me. You you got your own list too. What's your list? Why do you tell God you can't do it? Huh? Why do you tell God you can't teach Sunday school? Huh? Why is that? What is it? Why, we, we all have these reasons, but see, none of that matters. You know why? Because God came down. He came down to deliver the children of Israel out of bondage. And guess what happened with us? Jesus came down. God came down and Jesus died on the cross that we might be free. Glory to God. And when you get right down to it, that's all that matters. Jesus came down. You've got the power of God inside of you. Now all we got to do is follow. What did Moses have to do? He murmured and complained. He said, I can't speak. He was a stutterer. Moses stuttered. Hey, if there's anybody that's got a good excuse, it was Moses. You see, sometimes we don't grasp what what God had called Moses to do. He tapped him on the shoulder, and Moses told God all of these excuses. I stutter, and I'm not clear in speech, and all these things. But see, what God was asking Moses to do was to go before the most powerful person in Egypt. The man that could say, off with his head, and and in a moment he would be dead. You ever feel like God sent you on a mission like that? Huh? But as, as God spoke to Moses, as God, as God told him the plan, and, and as he prepared him, uh, Moses' faith grew. And we'll see here in a minute that, that Moses' faith grew on a regular basis, and he ended up having great faith. So verse 11, Moses said, who am I? that I should go. And verse 12, God just reassures him. And he said, certainly I will be with you. God told Moses that. And it's no different today. I'll tell you what, every Sunday I come up here, I prepare a sermon and I sit right there. And every Sunday I plan on, I bank on God being with me every step of the way. I bank on it. He bettered me. Right? Well, he's with you too. You know what that's called? That's called the necessity of faith. When I step up, God had better be with me, I'm telling you. Same with you. You're nobody special, but you've got the power of God inside of you. You've got the Holy Ghost inside of you. You've got the love of God inside of you. You have what the multitude of needs, the multitude of the world needs. You have it. You've got it. The necessity of faith. God says, certainly I will be with you. Go ahead and jump to Exodus 4. Verse 1, 4 verse 1, it says, Then Moses said, but what if they do not believe me or listen to what I say? Or what if they say that the Lord has not appeared? And of course, we've all said that before, right? We've all had God, God unction us to go talk to somebody. and we say, Oh, no, I'm not going to do that. Well, you know, what if it's just me? 
What if it's just me wanting them saved and God has no part about it? This is what I've found. And, and, and this is biblically accurate too. Whenever God deals with one of us to share with somebody else, he's working on the other side of the fence too. That's right. When Jonah, when Jonah went to Nineveh, Nineveh, when he went to Nineveh, he didn't just go there. God sent him, but there was a whole revival. The whole country of Nineveh was, was saved because God was working on the other end. And if he's working on you, he's working on the other end also. Amen. Amen. Many times we think that they won't listen to us, that we're wasting our time, we're wasting their time. But notice what in uh, Exodus 4.2, notice this. It said, the Lord said to him, what is in your hand? Now, see, this is what God speaks to us. So here we are, Moses, God had called him to go. He said, they won't listen to me. They won't pay attention to me. And God says, Moses, what is in your hand? And if we read this, we would see that he had a staff in his hand and he threw it on the ground and it turned into a serpent. And then he picked it up and it turned back into a staff, right? But see, but see now, in, this, in the New Testament, in this dispensation, it's about our heart. So see, what God is asking us today is, what is in your heart? Has God done anything in your life? Are you the same person you was before you received Christ? See, God is telling us today that if you will think about all the things he has done for you, that's what he wants you to share. You go to somebody, you tell them, you know, I'm not perfect. I'm a long way from perfect, but I'm not who I used to be. You tell them that, that you used to not have any love in your heart at all, but now you've got the love of God inside of you. You're not as full as you want to be, but you're getting fuller every day. You tell them that you don't know, you are far from perfect, but one thing you do know, you do know that heaven's your home. You tell them that you know Jesus Christ personally. You tell them that. See, that's what God was gets telling us when he asked Moses, what is in your hand? What, what have I given you is what God is saying here. And that's what we need to think about. What has God given to us? What proof, what evidence has he given to us that we can share? And it's because we're not addicts no more. We're not drug addicts no more. We're not liars no more. We're not adulterers no more. We're not fornicators no more. We're not hooked to addictions no more. Right? Amen. Amen. God said, what is in your hand? Or in today's theology, we'd say, what is in your heart? What has God given you that someone else needs? Yeah. Yeah. Hmm. You know, in the... Moses went to deliver them out of bondage, out of slavery. And a lot of times we think that, well, there's no slavery today. I beg to differ with you. Each and every one of you at one time in your life, you was a slave to sin. 
each and every one of you, but because somebody shared Christ with you, because somebody shared what God had done to them, you are no longer in that position. You are no longer in bondage. You are no longer in slavery. Glory to God. Turn to Exodus 13. I'm almost done. Stay with me just for another moment. Exodus 13, 14. God tells Moses, looks what he tells him. And it shall be when your sons ask you in times of coming, saying, what is this? You shall say to, say to him, with a powerful hand, the Lord has brought you out of Egypt from the house of slavery. Now, I truly believe that this is speaking to each and every one of us here. It's ta- it it's refers here to a son. But let me tell you, as we grow and mature in our relationship with God, when someone asks you how you got to where you are, or if you have any chance at all to give credit, you need to remember that all credit goes to God. You know, I remember numerous times in my life that God moved in a situation. Here's what what always happened. And if you really notice in the scriptures all through Exodus here, Every time God wanted something done, he told Moses to do something. And it's no different today. If you want God to do something in your life, well, then you need to do something. You either need to read the word of God or pray to him or just be be quiet and listen to him and find out what he wants you to do. But numerous times in my life, God has instructed me to do something, sometimes obedient, sometimes I'm not. But when I've been obedient, lo and behold, every single time, God backs that up with a tremendous blessing to me and my family. But we have to step out, and that is the necessity of faith. If you want God to move in your life, step out and do something for him. Step out and obey his word. I'm almost done. Exodus 14, 9 through 6. So here we are. Moses leads the children of Israel, and he's got them all the way out. They're almost out of bondage. All right? Let's read here. And it says, And the king of Egypt was told about the people that fled, and Pharaoh and his servants had, had a change of heart. And what happened here, Pharaoh got to thinking about what he had done. He had released his slaves. He had released his free labor. So the children of Israel had gone, but now Pharaoh has a change of heart. So what happens is they start to chase after them. And I'll tell you what, this is such an image of the world today. And there's many of you here today that you are almost out of bondage. You are almost away from the world. You're almost free, but you can hear the steps of the world coming after you. You can hear the, you can hear the chariots and the, and the, and the uh, soldiers coming after you. And you can hear your old friends calling you. Yeah, they might have different faces and they might have different names, but they have the same old ideas that they always had. They have the same old things wrapped around them that they've always had. 
So just because you are almost free from the world, you have to have faith to get you the rest of the way out. Amen. You can't stop there. As, 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 a, as Barois, he says, try Jesus because the devil will always take you back. And he will take you back. Even when you're almost free, you're almost out of bondage, you're almost out of that, you'll hear the footsteps of the world coming after you. Come, don't leave us. Don't leave us. I thought we was friends. I thought we was friends. Those old habits start to stir up inside you again. Those old ideas try to start to stir up again. Well, it's just the devil trying to keep you back. That's what it is. It's the devil trying to hold you back. All right. So here we are. The children of Israel, they're almost out. Pharaoh's army is chasing them. So here they are, the children of Israel, they come to the Red Sea. There it is, they have no place to go. No place, they got the Red Sea here, and they've got the chariots and soldiers coming after them. And, and if we looked a little harder there, we would see that there is a cloud that would lead them during the day. Have you ever read about the cloud that led them during the day? Well, at this moment, that cloud, it went from being in front of them to behind them. And then that cloud was between the children of Israel and the soldiers. God's cloud was protecting them where they couldn't see. Now, many of you right now, you are in a battle with the world and God has his cloud and God is protecting you. God is holding the enemy back protecting you. Now, here's what's important. If you are trying to get out of the world and you just can't quite make it, it's God's cloud is holding the enemy back from rushing into you, all right? Now, this is not a time for you to relax. It's not a time for you to sit back under your laurels and complain about everything. No, this is a time that you want to be praising God. This is a time that you want to have your ear open to what God wants to do because when he's got that cloud up there, he's giving you the way out. He's telling you, he's going to show you how to get out and around your situation while the cloud is holding your enemy back. Glory to God. Glory to God. I hope someone receives that this morning. The children of Israel had left the world. They had left bondage and they went and they was on their way out and they come to the Red Sea and Pharaoh's army was chasing after them and God's cloud was protecting them. Chapter 14, verse 13 now, I told you, we didn't read it all, but I told you earlier that Moses said over and over again that he's slow to speak and he stuttered and all of those things. So Moses went from having zero faith to what we're getting ready to read. Now, notice this, 14, 13, but Moses said to his people, do not fear, stand by and see the salvation of the Lord, which he will accomplish today. Now, this is the same guy that had all this whole list of excuses why he couldn't do nothing. And now he's telling them, do not fear, stand and watch God deliver us. 
Drop down to verse 19. The angel of God who had been going before the camp of Israel moved and went behind them. That's the pillar of clouds. Uh, verse 21, Exodus 14, 21. Then Moses stretched out his hand over the sea, and the Lord swept the sea back by a strong east wind all night and turned the sea into dry land so that the water was divided. Praise him if you'll come, please. Now, this is very important. I, w- I want you to notice something here. The necessity of faith. I want you to notice this. It says, then Moses stretched out his hand over the sea. Now, this was after God had told Moses to send the children of Israel forward. It was after he told Moses to do something. So what, here's my point. God had everybody moving before he parted the water. God had everybody doing something before the water was part. Because, see, if they would have sat there on their laurels, is what Pastor Mark would have said, if they would have sat there on their laurels until that water was parted, it would have never parted. Because, see, it don't take any faith to cross after the water is parted. It takes faith to take a step before For any young preachers here or young teachers here, now I'm going to break that down for you. If there's any young leaders here, I'm going to break that down for you. If you feel the call in your life to do something for God, and I know there's people here that, that feel that. Don't wait until the phone rings for you to come and fill in to preach to start preparing. That's faith. If you feel like God's called you to be a leader, you start reading leadership books. You start reading the Word of God and and understand how God leads His people. You start learning about authority and the importance of authority. That's called faith. That's called preparing for what God has placed in your heart. Whatever it is, don't wait for the water to part before you start preparing. Go ahead and stand up. No, seriously, go ahead and stand up. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord. Last thing I want to share with you today. You know, I've mentioned several times, and you just know this, that faith only comes by hearing the Word of God. Go to the scriptures, God-inspired word, and learn of him. Go to the scriptures, go to God-inspired word, and listen to God. Allow the content of the Bible and the truth of the Bible and the power of God's word to, to infiltrate your heart and infiltrate your life. Start coming. We have a men's Bible study on Wednesday night and a ladies Bible study on Wednesday night start coming to those and and build your faith 
If you can't make Wednesday night, start coming to a Sunday school at 9 o'clock on Sunday morning and build your faith. You know, when it gets right down to it, if I had my way, each and every one of you would attend two of our three services every week. You see, because one hour on Sunday morning, me preaching won't do it. But if you take that one hour and then you go to Sunday school, that makes all the difference in the world. Or if you take that one hour and then come on Wednesday night, it makes all the difference in the world. And then if you'll do that, the next thing you know, this faith will start bubbling up out of you. This faith will start wanting to do things. This faith will start start bubbling up and the next thing you know you'll be telling you'll be telling your friend what you've been reading in the Bible and what you've been learning and the next thing you know they'll want to know more about what's going on and the next thing you know God will be using you mm. oh, thank you Lord you might be like the children of Israel today and you might have the enemy chasing you You might have the sea in front of you and the enemy chasing behind you. You might feel like that there's no place to go. There's no place to turn. There's there's no way out. Well, I'm here to tell you that God can lead you out of anything if you'll follow Him. And that's my plea this morning. direction come and ask him for direction if you need guidance come and ask him for guidance you know what he might have to part the Red Sea for you you never know he might have to make water come out of a rock right he might have to send a raven to get supplies to you But you know what? You haven't exhausted the power of God. You haven't exhausted His mercy. You haven't exhausted His strength. So I encourage you today, do like the children of Israel did. Come and cry out to Him. Open your heart to Him. Please come. Please come. Thank you. It is our prayer that you have been blessed as you've listened to this message. If you would like to become a partner with this ministry, please contact us here at Orchardville Church. You can visit our website at orchardvillechurch.com or you can contact us by phone at area code 618-835-2677.